I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but if you draft the players on this show, you're a loser, you smell, nobody likes you, and your girlfriend and boyfriend are going to be sliding into my DM straight after this show. We're talking fantasy busts for points leagues on ESPN and Yahoo. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So this show got pushed back an extra day because I was going to do it yesterday. But of course, Damian Lillard got traded. So we did that show instead. What we're talking about is busts in Yahoo leagues and ESPN points leagues. And what do I mean by a bust? Does it mean they're going to be bad? No. Does it mean you should avoid drafting them? Absolutely not. None of those things is what it means. What it does mean is that where they're currently positioned in terms of rank and or ADP, I just think it's too high. Is it going to lose your league if you take one of these players? No. Is it going to lose your life and your fortune and your partner? No, probably not. But they're just guys that I think are in, well, maybe there's one of them that's wrong like that, but there's just guys that I think are in incorrect positions that if they're available at that spot and you're looking in the draft board and they're sitting at the top of that list, I'd be like, yeah, nah, I'll, uh, I'll leave that for somebody else. No interest. Somebody else can deal with that problem. And if you start compounding it by taking three, four, five of them, that's when I reckon you get into a fair bit of trouble. One mistake is very easily recoverable from. Just don't make seven of them. We are going to talk about those in a second. A quick reminder, though, about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Another opportunity to enter in today's show. There is a form linked below. All you need to do in the secret question part is tell me one of the names mentioned on this show. That's all you need to do. Basically, it's just a way of me collating an email address and just being like, so you actually did watch a show. You're someone who is a listener or a viewer of this show that uh, can get a spot in the league. And if you have received invites already, you better accept them soon because I'm going to start kicking people out that haven't paid so I can get the leagues all paid up, all secured, draft orders set, ready to draft next week. That is your warning. Check your emails. There have been nearly, uh, I'd say 80% of divisions have been filled. We're still waiting on a few more. But just be aware, you also might get last second invitations of people who decide they're going to uh, apply for a league, get a position and then not take it. That could happen as well. So just be on the lookout on your emails and be prepared that you'll just get kicked out if you don't accept it in a few days' time. Um, let's talk Yahoo. Let's talk Yahoo busts. I could go in and tell you about guys that I think are ranked 150th when they should be 200th, and that's silly, right? Like for majority of people, and I'm going to keep pushing this narrative as well. Fantasy basketball leagues are too shallow. I don't know why we make them so shallow. There are 500 plus players in the NBA. The standard league has 150 players, less than a third of the league on a roster. Why do we make it so that every roster spot needs to be used every day? 10 starters, three bench. You've got no ability to stash, no ability to foresight, plan. Injuries hurt you significantly more. We create our own problems. 
And again, I'm going to point the finger at Yahoo and ESPN because you set this as your default and 80% of people just don't change anything. And people go, oh, it's just the way we've always done it. Make it different. That's why in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball, we're going 18 deep, 10 starters, 8 bench. So if you want, you can take somebody's backup and go, well, their value is going to increase when there's an injury. Go for it. And they can sit on your bench. You don't have to use them during the week. Surely that's part of the skill versus like, well, I cop three injuries, so the guy that I was sitting on, I have to drop. And now the best team in the league adds him and then he goes off later on. That's nothing, right? I don't know why we have that. Anyway, 80 to 70% of people, 70, let's say 75% of people are playing 12-man leagues with 10 starters, three bets. That's how it just works. So I'm not going to tell you that a bust is someone ranked at 140 who I think is 160. That's garbage. But if they're ranked 30th and I think they're 60th, then yeah, I think they're a bust. And that brings me, sadly, to talk about someone who I really like, Anthony Melton. In a category league, I can understand. And what I'm also, ooh, sorry, Anthony, I'll get back to you in a second. What I do a lot is criticize ESPN. It's in the Yahoo section. They're still getting drive-bys. That's just what happens. But I'm going to criticize Yahoo here as well because ESPN gets this right. Even though the rankings might not be to my taste, they get it right by doing two different lists, a points league and a category league list. So on Yahoo, there's a single list. It skews more toward categories. So there are way more busts on the Yahoo side of thing than what there is on the, uh, I don't know what the dog's doing scratching the wall. So yeah, where was I? The dogs. <laughs> Scratching at the door. Um, yeah, so the difference there in Yahoo is it just opens up this wide range of values for a points league because of the way that things are set differently with the, or in, in the same rankings, but it differs between types of leagues. The other thing I will criticize Yahoo on is be really, really cautious, right? I know you go into your drafts and you'll go and look at the end of your draft, at your projected standings and go, look how good my team is. A, number one, especially in a category league, um, that shows roto standings. There's no bearing to a head-to-head matchup at all. And in points leagues, it'll show you a total fantasy points. That's all good. But it's based on the projections that are in their system. And I just did a quick cursory look at their projections yesterday just to have a look. At, I don't even know where they're coming from. But Stephen Curry is projected to average 31 points a game um, because they, they, only, they put the stats up as totals, right? They, so he's projected to average 31 points a game or 30 and a half points a game. Yeah, you know what? That's reasonable. Steph might average that, except when I tell you that in order for him to get to 30 and a half points with the total amount of points that he's got there, he would have to play in 82 games. That seems a bit unrealistic, yeah? It also seems unrealistic to me that Trey Murphy III would be projected to score more points than Jimmy Butler and 30 points more for the whole season than Jaron Jackson Jr. That also seems slightly unrealistic. So, this is not to call out individual projections, although, again, if Steph plays 70 games, those total points would mean he averages 36 a game, which I'm going to go out and say is not going to happen, right? And that, But that skews everything you do. When you look at that column that's not X rank, where it's just rank, that's what it's based on, is those projected stats. When you go and look at the projected standings, it's based on Steph averaging 36 and Trey Murphy outscoring Jimmy Butler and outscoring Jaron Jackson for a season. That is what that is based on. I think that Anthony Simons was projected at 33 points a game as well in 82 games or something. So just be very aware of those limitations of those numbers. I'm not telling you that my projections are perfect because they are absolutely not. But there's a level of logic to them. And I can't say that about some of those numbers. Let's go all the way back and talk about DeAnthony Melton because I just think in a points league, that's too high. We're talking round nine stuff here. And yeah, maybe Jim Harden is traded. Maybe it's for Drew Holiday and DeAnthony Melton stays on the bench. And he's not a prolific points league player in the to begin with. So in a category league, 
I probably wouldn't do it there at 108 with an ADP. What's his ADP? 113. I probably wouldn't do it. But I definitely wouldn't do it at a point seek. I just don't see any point in that. Point, pun unintended. Why would I take him there? Budrick Heald. This needs to be adjusted after the trade request and the implication that he comes off the bench, but maybe it doesn't get adjusted. He's at 90. No way. Absolutely no chance that I am looking at Bud Heald as the 90th best player. He was actually last season 96th in points league. So yeah, that's like one of the biggest no's you will find. And as I said, you can't get it wrong by just picking one guy in the wrong spot. But if you get three of these blokes here, you're in real strife. If you get four of them, six of them, you're done. You're cooked. That roots you. Brookie Lopez got an ADP of 61 and a rank of 71. All right, cool stuff. That's good. Lopez had an unbelievable season last year where he was the number two offensive option at times. Big minutes boost from previous years. Uh, big usage bump. Um, uh, now he has to play with Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton. And he was 66 last season, averaging 33 fantasy points. I'm going to go out and say it's probably not going to happen again, yeah? So we're looking at maybe a 40-spot rank rank issue. I don't know. Where, I don't know what I'll say. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. Rank issue. Let's say that. The Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, is at rank 81 with an ADP of 95. And again, totally cromulent to expect him to be in that area in a category league. In a points league, I'm going to say that's a big year. Nah. He, we, I've got him projected outside the top 120 for a points league. I do believe that he comes off the bench. No confirmation on that. I don't know what they're going to do. But I do think he come, comes off the bench. And in respect, if he's not a good points league player. Derek White. Now, the Celtics guy, I know there was a lot of hype on him. It has cooled a little bit. I wonder if it's cooled just because I've been cooling on him myself. As much as I do like him, he averaged 26 fantasy points last season, 126. And yeah, he is the starting point guard now because Marcus Smart is gone. He was also the starting shooting guard last season. And Kustas Porzingis' usage replaces Marcus Smart's. I'm not gonna, I'm going to go out on a limb again and say that Derek White's usage probably doesn't rise. And it definitely doesn't rise uh, 55 spots. Or it doesn't rise him up 55 spots. So that is a big, big, strong, strong no. I know people love Jaden McDaniels. I know they love, they love him. Every time that I'll put a fantasy list out, where's Jaden McDaniels? I'll tell you where he is, not on the list. Because so far in his career, he has not been a good fantasy producer. He can't stay out of foul trouble. Maybe that changes, sure. He played 30 minutes a night last season with Towns out nearly all season. And he was two spots within the top 150. He averaged 23 fantasy points. He was 148th. Now, if you want to take him and pick 125, good luck to you. More power to you. That's all good. If you want to grab him at 102, well, is it a crucial error? No, nah, but I think it's a pretty big one. It would also be a pretty big error if you didn't consider DoorDash when you need groceries. Because that's what they can do now. We know that DoorDash, you go in there, you order your favorite restaurant meal. There it is. Bang on. At your door. Convenient. But now, when you're out there whipping up your gourmet meals and you don't have a specific ingredient, what is it? Truffle shavings, saffron, imported smoked Spanish paprika. You can tell that maybe I've made a paella recently. And you don't have it. You go, what am I going to do? How am I going to season this to perfection? Well, DoorDash Grocery gives it to you. They've got thousands of local grocery stores in their system. You pick one there. You contribute to your local economy. You pick the item. Bang. The DoorDash guy goes in, grabs it for you, loads it into their car, brings it over to you on the doorstep, and you're set. And you can get the $0 delivery fee as well with the Dash Pass membership. You can also get $0 delivery fee on applicable orders by doing this. You get the 50% off on your first DoorDash order, up to $20 value. When you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout, limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off 
up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and use that code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, the code is LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Let's do a little bit of Toronto hatred here. Ojen Anobi is ranked too high, way too high. 46 is too high. Again, in a category league, if you wanted to do it, by all means, knock yourself out. I'm all for it. That's okay. Probably wouldn't do it, but you can do it. He was 78th in points leagues last season. He averaged 32, a bit under 32 fantasy points a game. Um, I, I know that Fred Van Vliet is gone. I, I know that. But Ananobi's not a guy. I don't believe he's just going to ramp it up. Go, all right, 27 usage. Everyone step back. It's time for me to Kobe this shit. Like, I don't think he's going to do that. He will increase a little bit, but you're not reaching inside the top 50. Another illustration of the way that the mainstream media tells us that category league and points league ranks should be the same. Bob Portis. I give them a little bit of grace here. Not that everything is about shitting on them, but I give them grace. But grace doesn't matter to you if you go into a draft this weekend because Bob Portis is an ADP of 109 with a rank of 114. And oh yeah, Damian Lillard joined that team. Portis, I reckon, was already too high at that spot. He was 102nd last season with Chris Milton playing 20 games a night. That gives him extra shots, 20 games a night, 24 minutes a game and like 30 games for the season. That gives him more shots. And now Lillard is there. That's more shots gone again. And you might say Bobby Portis comes off the bench and that is true. But coming off the bench doesn't mean that you exclusively play without the starters. And there's a full season of Jay Crowder there now too. So there is just no value, not even no value. It's a loss of value taking Portis in round nine. Gaz Trent. Told you it's time to hate on Toronto, and I'm doing a full Toronto show later today. You Raptors fans are going to love it. I think you're going to be really happy with it. Trenner has got an ADP of 103 with a rank of 118. Okay. Gary Trent last season was 115th. Now, you could very easily make the argument that with no um, Fred Van Vliet, Trent will have a bigger role. He played like 33 minutes a night last season, but when Jakob Pertl came over, he played 26 a night, roughly, off the bench. And Pertl's still there, and Schroeder replaces Van Vliet. Um, there's just no upside in Trenner. Plus, if we get into a situation where the defense isn't as aggressive under Ryakovic, and he's not getting those insane steals, which don't contribute much in fantasy, but it's a lot of what he does, I just there's no value in that again. And the same goes with Cameron Johnson, who, for a category league, I actually don't mind that spot. He might be a pretty reliable scorer in Brooklyn. It's a long way to go, though, from where he averaged 27 points a game last season. And by 27 points, I mean 27 fantasy points, which put him as 118th best player. And you might say, well, what happened over the last month of the season when he was in Brooklyn? Well, he was 103rd. Right? He's just not built to be a great category league guy. Could he be a top 100 guy? Really, without any doubt, yes. But there's a big difference between being 95th and being 66th. And if you're ordering him at 66, yeah, I think you might have uh, as bad of a time as a few of those uh, Jedi apprentices. Magaporta Jr. Sorry, or I, well, I saw an unbelievable tweet yesterday of Michael Porter Jr. doing this fake thinking pose, like doing something like that. And they called him Michael, Michael Ponder Jr., which I actually almost like more than Magaporta Jr. But secondly, it was highlighting a tattoo that he has on his arm of Jesus sitting on a bench with his hand around a kid which was young Michael Porter Jr. with a Michael Porter Jr. jersey on. So it was toddler Michael Porter Jr. with his own jersey on with Jesus' arm around him on his arm. One of the worst slash funniest tattoos I've ever seen. Anyway, does that drop Michael Porter Jr. down the ranks? I'm pondering it. 
No, it does. Absolutely. He's at number 78 here uh, on that list, and I don't like it. He was 90... No, he wasn't. He was 112th last season in a points league. Yeah, it's a big, big, strong no from me to take him there. It's at 100, 95th, no problem. Two years removed from that back injury, which cost him so much time, not a problem. Go a little bit higher. Uh, into round six or seven? No. Also remember, ADP, A is average. So if you've got an ADP of 78... Theoretically, half the people are going earlier than that. They might be going at 74. So I'd love to see a spread. I'd love to see a range of draft picks. Because you might have an average of 78 and it's between 74 and 84. Or you might have a range of 60 to 90. I'd love to see that. Yahoo, figure it out. And then, is this Toronto hate if I'm talking about Fred Van Vliet? Maybe. He's obviously for the Houston Rockets now. He last season in points leagues was 34th. He averaged 40 points per game. He played shit tons of minutes. And now he's just, they've gone 20. And I get it, Yahoo. I understand why you do it because it's a category league. And in the category league, 20 makes sense. But this is where you point to the guys who I know consistently feel disrespected. And that's never my intention on this show. And I, I think that 90% of what I do on this show carries over for points and categories. I would say that. And I know you will go, man, all, more points content. Basically everything is points content and categories. But, but I hear your complaints because this is disrespect. To points leagues, this there is no differentiation here at all. That there's that is not a points league ranking. There is no way around it. That is a category league ranking. And this is where it gets confusing with the Yahoo X ranks. Is that you'll get in, you'll see Paolo at sixty, and that's a that's closer to a, that's a points league. That's not a category rank. That's a points league rank. So which one is it? Oh yeah, RJ Barrett's at hundred, and that's clearly not a category rank. Rank wank whatever. You know what I'm saying. So yeah, that's where we're at with that. Drew Holiday, again, there is a level of um, non-criticism here, but it has to be pointed out. He's ranked 34th, Drew, and under no circumstance do you take Drew Holiday at pick 34 after he was traded, and we do not know where he is going to play. I would not want to take him in the first four rounds. I would probably be looking for him at the start of round six in a points league at the moment. Understand, we just don't know where he's going to play. I don't expect that he plays at all for Portland. I just don't know which team he's going to. And taking him in round three is bad. Even that ADP of 40 is bad. And that does go for category leagues as well. This is not Yahoo's fault. The trade just happened. Although, again, if you're a member of Basketball Monster, the trade happens, our projections get updated within hours. It doesn't take three weeks to do it. Just be aware of that. I am big, big down on Nikola Vucevic, who's got a rank of 37 this season. Um... I mean, sure, even last season for all of the uh, total rankings fluffers, they will tell you he was a top 10 player. But you know, in per game for Yahoo points, he was 40th? 40th. And that was with him having a true shooting percentage, seven percentage points better than the year before. And as the man becomes like 33 years of age this season, I'm going to guess that that doesn't improve or most most likely regresses, meaning he's probably going to drop off in his level of production. I, I, I would think that would be a fair assumption, I guess. I would hope that's a fair assumption. Um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't be looking at him until the end of round five, start of round six. Somebody else will go for him in your draft. They'll take him round three and you can laugh at him. You have my permission. Mitchie Robinson has a rank of 96 with an ADP of 85. Again, totally 100% reasonable to look at Mitch Rob in that area in a category league draft and go, bang, I'm okay with it. That helps me and hurts me, but I know what I'm doing. In a points league, he was 110th last season, averaging 28 points per game. So I'm definitely not going 20 spots higher than that. In fact, I think there is a risk that maybe he drops off a little bit more, but I, I don't know. 
Des Bain, big, big favorite for some people this season. I'm pretty interested in Bain this year. I'm a little bit worried that he'll be very good early on, drop off a little bit as the season goes on, but a lot of his value is concentrated in threes, which also gives me some level of pause. But I also do know that in points leagues, he's nowhere near as valuable in the category league. He wasn't even a top 50 points league player per game last season. Now, I do expect him to jump up, but I'm not taking him at the end of round two in a points league. I know that much. And that's what this rank suggests you've got to do. Miles Turner, ranked at 35 with an ADP of 36. Was he a top 50 player next season? Well, the answer to that is absolutely not. So why do we expect him to be better? Well, we don't because it's a category league ranking again. Just don't do it. It's just pointless taking those guys at that spot. And the same goes with Mikhail Bridges. Now, Mikhail Bridges has a real shot at being a breakout star. People are going to be, he's going to, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's already the favorite for most improved player. I'm not sure how true that is, considering he did similar stuff towards the end of last season. But he was also 61st in per game points league value. Yahoo's rank column in category leagues has him as the fifth best player for this season. So I would be very skeptical about drafting him at number five. But last season, he joined Brooklyn. He played 35 minutes a night. He scored 27 points per game and he was 46th in points leagues. So yeah, while he did take big steps forward, he had 32 usage over that time frame. He didn't sniff the top 20. Didn't come close to it. And that's it. Like you take him round two, say Des Bain, the start of round three. You, that's it. You you are close to done. I talk a lot about how first and second round picks don't mean as much as maybe you think they do. But missing both of those sort of things around that area, you could theoretically go Bridges, Bain, Turner, round two, three, four, and you might as well pack it in. That's probably the end of your draft, I would say. Now we go to ESPN to talk about their rankings. And as I said, they've got the separate points league ranks. They've got the separate category league ranks, which is a huge you know, applause, applause for me. I, I love that. It's great to be able to separate that out. Um, I really like ESPN's points scoring system, and I am going to be doing an ESPN mock draft tomorrow for points leagues. I will say this. I will not be drafting it on ESPN. And part of the reason is, is that ESPN has really restrictive ability for us to actually use it with Basketball Monster on the draft tracker. It gets really messy in terms of me doing a mock draft and trying to give you information and draft a team. It is usable if you're just doing it by yourself. But for me to do it using the draft tracker, do a whole show on it, it's really hard to do live. So I'm going to incorporate all ESPN scoring into a mock draft over on Fantrax, but it's ESPN scoring. You get an idea of where the players go in that setting, but I just won't be using the ESPN platform because I, I just don't like it. And it is a lot harder to do a show that way. And even to set up the drafts and that is really a lot more difficult. Um, but that all, all of that praise for ESPN and the having the separate rankings doesn't mean there's not some things that make me go, what are you talking about? And let's, let's actually talk about those now because the number one here guy on this list has to be, wait, is it the biggest bust ever? Maybe. There's a couple here that really make my eyebrows go, like, are you sure? Sure. I, I had to triple check this, check this one. Because old mate in Indiana, third string point guard legend, Timothy John McConnell, is ranked at 103. And I I just, I, I don't know what to tell you about that. I, I, I can't justify it for a single second. We all know who the starting point guard is. It's Tyrese Halliburton. The backup point guard is Andrew Nembhard. So TJ is going to play, I would guess, zero minutes most nights. 
Yeah, Nempard will play some too, but Matherin's going to do that too. So even if you think that Nempard is exclusively a two and McConnell's the backup, you don't take a backup point guard at pick number 103, especially one that's TJ McConnell. So yeah, I can't. I I can't. I just I there's absolutely no justification. Is it supposed to be somebody else there? We'll never know. So it's safe for me to tell you that taking TJ McConnell at any point in the draft is wrong. He last season was 151st. I'll give him that. Um, obviously a very different situation. Didn't play every game. Got a real boost down the stretch and played a lot. We're not doing this though. There's no way. Is I I refuse to do guarantees as a general rule, but I guarantee this one. Bob Portis is in a similar boat. He's ranked at 89th. It's just again leeway. Their ranks haven't been updated. I could criticize that you haven't done it fast enough, and I think that would be valid. But just don't pick him there. Lillard's in town. It was already going to be hard for Portis to do what he did last season. Almost sounded like Jonathan Brown for those of you who know. AFL football and uh, and know Jonathan Brown from his media stuff where the way he talks, he's going to go hard. He's going to go hard. I think they're, going, they're not working hard enough. Um, anyway, I've lost my mind. Bobby Portis at 89. I reckon they'd make it pretty hard uh, for you to have a successful draft if you picked him there. Brandon Miller, he might be good. Probably won't be. Might be. Um, he's ranked at 109. I'm just not willing to take a rookie who I don't think is particularly good, who I also don't think is guaranteed to start, who plays for an organization who treats rookies really slowly and has three other forwards in front of him on the death chart. If you want to take him at his ADP of 124, Brandon Miller, by all means, that's round 10. Oh, sorry, that's round 11. That's flyer territory. I'm not sure that it works out, but go for your life. Him around 100 is, there's almost no way that he gets that unless you're looking solely at March and blokes are injured. Might be him. Valanciunas is ranked at 83 with an ADP of 98. Jonas is an interesting player that we know can put up huge numbers. We know this. But last season with Zion out for 50 games and Ingram out for stacks of games and Nance having knee issues, Valanciunas was a robust 115th in ESPN points leagues. So now he's up at 83. I think he's going to play less this season than last season. If you want to take him late, get a center in round 11. No worries. Go for it. You want to take him where Brandon Miller's ranked at 109th? Okay. 83 seems silly. I'll go the same with Buddy Heald that I said with Portis and I said with Heald earlier. You just don't want to do it at pick 90. He's just in an unclear situation. He he was 82nd in points leagues last season, so there is that. But him replicating what he did last season seems like a pretty far-fetched idea. And then this one. I cannot work this one out. I, I can't work out TJ McCullough at 100. But why is Spencer Dinwiddie at 42? I, okay, maybe maybe I am being a bit harsh on him because, to be fair, over the last two months of last season, or over the last yeah, month when he was in Brooklyn, he was the 41st ranked player per game. He averaged 40 fantasy points per game. So maybe I'm being a little unfair saying that 42 is too high. But I don't believe they're going to be pumping 36 minutes a night into him. In Brooklyn, he doesn't appear that he's going to be the starting point guy with Ben Simmons there. So much of his value came from the fact that he averaged 11 assists per game during that time, and there is just almost no way that that holds. His previous year assist totals. Last season, it was 6.5. The year before, it was 5.2. The year before, well, he only played three games. And the year before that, it was 6.8. 
And just with Simmons there, he's just not going to have that level of opportunities. If he goes from 12 assists or 11 assists down to seven assists, it's just not going to give that number. And that is burning a fourth round pick, I very, very, very firmly believe. I also am not interested in D'Angelo Russell at pick number 71. I don't really get that one. D'Angelo Russell is probably going to be the starter. And I said this on the Lakers preview. I'll get some pushback on it. It was one person, admittedly. But they said, man, I think you're just smoking the World Cup highlights. There's no way you believe Austin Reeves is better than D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, no, I do, actually, because I watched the playoffs. And he's very clearly better than D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell's fit can be a little bit weird next to LeBron. And I think that there's a chance that Gabe Vincent might actually be a better fit. That doesn't mean that Vincent's necessarily going to start over Russell. It doesn't mean that Vincent's going to be a better player than Russell. In fact, I think both of those things aren't going to happen. But I'm also not willing to take D'Angelo Russell at number 71. Now, last season, he was 60th, playing two-thirds of the season in Minnesota without Carl Anthony Towns, averaging 35 points. If he's not top 100 this season, don't be shocked. CJ McCollum, that is a very, very high rank. CJ is at 51. Oh, mate, um, Andre over there has got a real um, affinity for point guards with a McSee in their name. CJ was 51st last season. I will give him that. He was 51st per game. He averaged 37 points. But as I have said, this was without Zion Williamson and without Brandon Ingram. And if you're making a bet on those guys not playing, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good bet, right? But I would also venture to guess that CJ, Zion, and Ingram are going to play more than they have played together in the past, which is, for the entirety of their careers, 10 games. I would think we get more than that this season. I would hope we get more than that this season. I think maybe it's 12 games. It's like 120 minutes or something. So yeah, him at 51 seems uh, pretty far-fetched, I would say. Vooch is at 28. I've given my ideas about why I don't think you should do that for Vooch. He was 42nd last season. Going to 28 seems like like pipe dream sort of stuff. I I don't get how it happens. I've no idea how that works out. The the horse, Keldon Johnson. Last season, Keldon had all you can eat. 28 usage. Blokes like Vassell injured down the stretch. Do DeJounte Murray. And now he has to battle with coming off the bench. If that's what happens, you may not believe that. Totally okay. But do you actually think he's going to maintain 28 usage on a team that now does welcome in Victor Webanyama? Um, and oh yeah, by the way, last season he was 86th per game. So that seems um, a little foolish to go over to 73. Jordy Clarkson, the man on the street. He's, he's going to start. Last season, I was pretty big on grabbing Clarkson last round because I was adamant. Well, I was adamant because I knew, but I was also adamant that he was going to start. And I say that I knew. I knew because I'd been told that he was going to start. And that's what I told you guys. So it wasn't like, man, I, my opinion is the right thing. I, I, told, I, I knew this because I had been told. And when I get told something, you know that I'm very strong on telling you what I, what I know what I've been told, rather than what is speculation. I don't know this for certain this season, but I'm pretty confident that Clarko is going to start again. I don't really think he wouldn't. He was 91st last season. All right, so we're expecting a bit of a jump up there. But also remember that the 91st last season, it doesn't, it doesn't always mean that it carries over. Like he averaged 30 and a half points a game. I've got him at around 30 again this season, but it doesn't mean that you hold the same spot. Probably a higher offensive environment, more stars playing more games, playing more minutes, push him down as well. An influx of rookies might jump ahead of him too. I just, I don't think there's value at 103. Okay, go for it. Love it. 85, no. I said that TJ McConnell might be one of the more baffling rankings on this list. 
seeing Kevon Looney at 107, it shocked me to my core. And that's an overreaction, clearly, because I looked at him and went, Kevon Looney, yeah, that's wrong. And then I moved on. But him at 107 makes no sense. He was really, really strong as a rebounder last season. That translated to being the 138th best player for per game value in ESPN points leagues. Is he going to come off the bench this season for Chris Paul? I don't know. But I do know that with Chris Paul there, he's probably going to be limited again in minutes. And there is absolutely, not only is there zero flaw in Looney at 107, there's zero upside in him at 107. I don't know what we're expecting him to do to take this big leap forward to become that guy who would be justified in that position. The next six blokes are all guys who are ranked inside the top 80, who I think are too high. So let's go it. Let's the final six. Just wanted to chuck that transition in again because I like looking at it. Um, DeJounte Murray's at 17. It's a lot of faith in DeJounte, who was the 37th ranked player last season in points leagues, averaging 41 points a game. Now, last season's rankings are not the be-all and end-all. I did a one-man mock draft over on Basketball Monster, and there's a very, some really interesting results out of that. And I'm going to bring that up in one of these shows coming up soon. Um, and normally I do it where I draft for all 12 teams, try to build strategies out of it, but I changed it up a little bit this season where I drafted for six teams and the other six teams were picked based on certain metrics. It was draft directly off a Yahoo rank list, draft directly off a Yahoo ADP list, draft directly off last season's ranking list, draft directly using Durant or draft directly... What was the other one? The other one was just make sure you build the most balanced team that you can. The other one was me just actually doing strategy stuff. Um... And the team that finished just well behind absolutely everybody else in my projections was drafting off of last year's numbers. Because there's just so many situations. Again, on average, 50 out of the top 150 change every season. All this brings me back to tell you is that, you know, you can't look at last year's numbers as the be-all and end-all. But DeJounte Murray played like 37 minutes a night. He averaged 41 fantasy points, but that was good for 37th. Is he going to be significantly better than that this season? I really... And and even if he is, there's no value in picking him at 17. Absolutely none. None. Keegan Murray. Just put him under the lens the other day, and I thought it was a pretty good segment. He was 150th in ESPN points leagues last season. And while I do expect a sizable jump, I've actually got him jumping about 40 spots in my ESPN points league rankings. I don't have him jumping 70. He's up to 79. And as I've said, the big challenge with him is no defensive stats, low rebounds, low assists. And you're going to have to go from the sixth sixth usage player to the third. Is that possible? Sure. But the third usage player doesn't even mean big usage necessarily on that team. That is a little pie in the sky, I believe. Russell Westbrook is at 70. Okay. He might be the starter for the Clippers. At the moment, he is. But if they get somebody else, he won't be. He was 67th in points leagues last season. But it's really hard to understand what that is. He played as a decent minute guy for the Lakers and came to the Clippers. Paul George got hurt immediately and he was able to be the second usage player. And George and Leonard are healthy. So he'll be the third guy. And I'm pretty sure Tyloo won't have any problem benching him if he needs to down the stretch. I wouldn't think he's a 34 minute a night player. I just am not having faith in Westbrook repeating what he did last season in terms of minutes and usage. I think in round nine is more reasonable versus going here into round seven, round eight. DeMar Rosen's at 27. You know that I'm very much down on the Bulls. As a general rule, they are an older team, a slower team. It's, we saw the switch happen towards the end of last season with Levine, DeRozan usage, one up, one down. Is that a trend that continues? I'm not sure. But DeRozan last season was 30th. I'm not going higher than that to draft him. In fact, I'm going a little, quite a bit lower. This one maybe is not... Maybe I'm just off on my evaluation of DeRozan. Absolutely true. It's been known to happen from time to time. But I'm not doing it at that spot, much like I'm not doing it with Larry Market. And speaking of going deep and under the lens with players, I did that 
No, I didn't do it with Markkinen yesterday, but I did talk about him quite a bit on the Jazz show. Because last season, Markkinen had an absolute breakout. He averaged 41 points, 32nd-ranked player. And I'm, I'm not... 18, how? How does he get there? What does he do to get better? Does replacing Kelly Olynyk with John Collins allow more usage for Markkinen? Because his, use, his um, efficiency dropped way off second half of the season. Maybe it goes back to those career-high levels from the first 40 or 50 games. I don't know. I'm definitely not willing to waste a mid-second round pick in an ESPN points league on Larry Markkinen. And the last one is Paolo Banquero. And it is very, very clear that Paolo Banquero is a better points league player than category league player. And that is totally okay. But part of the problem in an ESPN points league is that efficiency has an impact. Now, he was 87th in ESPN points leagues last season. I think that he's got a real shot of being a top 50 player this season. 30? It feels a little bold. It feels like maybe we're going a little high on that. I'm just not willing to do it. There's, I, I think there is... And you know, what part of what I, my drafting strategy is, is you head out of the first two rounds and then we start looking for upside, whether it's every second round, every third round. You want to start doing it. And the further away you get, especially once you head round seven, round eight, there's got to be some value in some of these picks. Now, sometimes it can be low upside players who have fallen 30 spots and then you get them at 90 and their probably floor is 60. That is still an upside play. But taking Paolo at 30, that's that's like five upside, 95 downside. I, I don't get that. I think top 50 is reasonable. Top 30 is a gigantic leap and you are hoping for stuff that has a very slim chance of happening. And that will do it for me today. Please don't show your partners. I don't want them slipping into my DMs to tell me how much of a loser you are because you picked all these bust players in your league. It would just be awkward for me. My inbox would be full up. It's just, don't do it. Just don't pick these guys. We'll save ourselves all of that trouble. And you can save yourselves more trouble by following this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, not on Stitcher, but on Spotify and on YouTube. One, two, three, thumbs up, straight up the middle. Write a comment down below. Roast me, praise me, do whatever. Just write something. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.